ridiculous. All right. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 and also find Matthew 18. And we're going we're gonna to read both those at some point. Um, this study tonight has nothing to do with any of you um, that I know of. But I was in a conversation with someone else uh, last week, I guess. And this person was talking to me about um, kind of being hurt by another church member. Somebody in your church family said something to hurt you in a way. And we'll be in Ephesians 4 at Matthew 18. And so I was just kind of thinking about that one night and thinking about how if that does happen, if someone in the church offends you or sins against you, there's a proper way we should handle that. And I know most of us have been in church long enough that um, we have either hurt someone else's feelings or we've had our own feelings hurt, probably. If you've been in church long enough, that's probably happened to many of us. But, um, but it's very important, I think, for us to know how to respond in the Christian manner, in the right manner, when someone offends us. And so that's kind of where I want to go tonight with this study is, is what should I do if someone in my church offends me or sins against me or hurts me in some way? And I, I think these principles also just apply in general, like with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, um, classmates. How should I respond if someone sins against me or hurts me in some way? And so I have... I think I have eight quick principles to give you on this, and um, and so let's let's pray, and then we'll dive into these principles. Father, we ask you to help us to to study your word tonight, to understand it. Father, we we thank you for the time we have here in the middle of the week, just to stop and to pause and to reflect on you and and what you mean to us and how you can help us in our lives. And Father, we are we're unworthy to be called your children, but yet you've adopted us and you love us and you. You guide us day by day. Uh, So, Father, may we remember that tonight, and we ask that you help us uh, in this study. In Jesus' name, amen. So, eight principles that we should do if someone has hurt us or attacked us. Number one, and I think this goes for a lot of things in life, but number one is pray for wisdom. All right, pray. Um, When someone does something to you that you feel like is offensive or that hurts you or whatever, let God be the first person you talk to about it. Isn't that a good principle for everything in life? Instead of maybe gossiping about it or talking to someone else about it, um, just stopping and saying, you know what, before I do anything else, let me pray about this. And I found James 1.5 where he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and he will give it. And I think that's a, a, a principle we, we don't need to just gloss over, skip over. Uh, if someone has offended you, if someone has said something that hurt you in some way, or done something to hurt you, the first thing we should do, I think, is just pray for wisdom. Number two is we need to decide if we truly have a reason to be offended. Um, And I think by praying about it, you can kind of have some discernment and wisdom on it. Um, It's my belief as Christians that we we should not be very easily offended. I mean, we should be offended by unrighteousness, and we should obviously if people who are against God and against the things of God, we should be offended by that, and and we don't like that. But I found it to be that sometimes Christians can be a little too too easily offended. 
Um, and we, but we don't want to be that way. We don't want to overreact to things. And I'll say this, uh, if I'm constantly being offended by another brother or sister in Christ in church a lot, in a church setting, and I'm constantly being offended, the problem might be me. If I'm the one who's constantly like, why did they hurt my feelings? Why did they say that? Why did they do that? And I've known people like that in my life who are always looking for a reason to be mad at somebody. You know, known people like that. And if you're looking for a reason, you'll probably find it. You'll usually find it. Uh, we don't want to be that person. But if, on the other hand, there's a serious thing that's happened, a thing that's happened where you've been offended or hurt, um, you need to discern if it's legitimate or not. Psalm 119.66, he said, Teach me good judgment that we might know how to handle these situations. Our third principle is decide if you can handle the situation with Christian forbearance and patience. Um, you, something might happen to you, and this, again, this could be in the church or somewhere else, where um, someone has done something that may be against you in a sense, but you could decide, you know what, I'm not going to hold it against them. Uh, maybe they didn't mean it that way. Maybe I heard it wrong, whatever. Um, and I'm just going to kind of bear with them. There's a biblical principle, and it's in Colossians 3 and in Ephesians 2, uh, that talks about just being humble and meek and patient. Colossians 3 says, Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if you're in Ephesians 4, look at verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in, in love. I think it's a real sign of spiritual maturity, by the way. If someone kind of hurts you in a, maybe a small way, maybe you walk and you hear someone say something that kind of you don't like, it's, I think it's a spiritually mature person who can say, you know what, I'm going to let that go. I'm, I'm going to overlook that. I'm not going to hold it against them. I'm going to just move on with, with my life. Um, again, I think many times that needs to be a principle we hold to. Um, but number four, and it goes with that. Number four is resist the urge to gossip about the person or situation. I think most people would say, um, what, do, what do churches do wrong? What do Christians do wrong? Gossip would be near the top of the list. Uh, they gossip about each other. They talk about each other behind their backs. And I bet we've all done it. I bet we've all done it. I mean, I've made this joke before about how we used to go Sunday lunch after church. And we were sitting in Sunday lunch after church and talking about people from the church. And yeah, I'm sure some of y'all may have done that before. Uh, I know we did some. But um, that's not a good thing. We should not be gossiping about others and slandering others, talking about them. Um, it gossiping about other people does not honor god and it does not help us and it certainly does not help that person a couple of scriptures here titus 3 2 says speak evil of no one avoid quarreling be gentle and show courtesy toward all people and then james 1 says those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless number five the fifth principle Handle the matter quickly so that you do not harbor feelings of anger and bitterness towards the person. I found it in my life that if I don't go ahead and deal with the problem, it can get worse and worse or harder to deal with. It can become harder to deal with it later on. So uh, I think you don't want to put something off that you need to deal with 
um, because it could cause you to harbor bitterness or anger. And that's not where a Christian wants to be. I mean, Ephesians 4, are you there? Look at verse 31. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And so we want to make sure we don't have hearts of bitterness. Uh, a, a person in church who has a bitter heart toward their fellow church members is not a good church member. <laughs> I mean, that's a person who brings down everyone else. If, a, if you're sitting around in the church with bitterness, that often will show itself in some ways, and we don't want to be that person. Number six. Now, if you've prayed about a situation, someone's hurt you, you've prayed about it, you've discerned, this is actually, this actually really hurts me, I can't get over it, I can't forbear, I can't deal with it. Then Matthew 18 gives us um, these principles from Jesus to follow, and I want to read it to you. In Matthew 18, find verse 15, he says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So the sixth principle is, if you truly have reason to be offended by what someone's done or said, then follow Matthew 18, 15, which is, go talk to the person about it. Um, I wonder, you don't have to say this, but I bet in this room, some of us have done this before, or had this done to us, to some degree. And this is not a comfortable thing. This is a very uncomfortable thing a lot of times, to go to someone and say, hey, you did this and it really hurt me, or perhaps someone to come to you and say, hey, you hurt me. It's, it's an uncomfortable thing, but... Could it be that you go to that person and say, hey, you said this and it kind of hurt my feelings or whatever, and they say, oh, I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that to happen, and, and you hug it out and you're, you're over it. Or, or you give them the opportunity to even, you know what, I, did, I shouldn't have done that, I'm sorry, and you give them the chance to ask forgiveness. And so Jesus gives us a principle here. If you notice, it's not the person who offended, it's the person who was offended that he tells to go and talk to the other person about it. I believe most Christian conflict can be, can be solved on this step, on, on Matthew 18, 15. Because usually if two people are believers, they're led by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, and they love God and love people, usually they can talk, these, talk something out and work it out. Um, and it's a beautiful thing, by the way. I think I've seen that a few times in my ministry in my life. It's a beautiful thing when people are, are split for a moment but find a way to kind of reconcile and restore a relationship. Well, if we continue this principle of Matthew 18, uh, look at verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. There's a lot we could say here, but um, it sometimes could come to where that person is not repentant, they're not sorry, they, they did something that needs to be dealt with. And you may have to take a couple of witnesses, a couple of friends. I've definitely been a part of this before where someone said, hey, pastor, when a few of us need to have this conversation. Would you come be a witness or come be a part of this conversation? And I think there's many positive to that, right? Because the, the third party that comes to be a witness might tell a person, hey, you're overreacting to this. Or they might be a, a, an unbiased witness who can help them reconcile the situation. And... Um, and again, Jesus says, hey, do that. Use other people 
if one-on-one can't get it done. But then he goes a step further in verse 17. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Now this can happen, and I think this is a very serious thing, by the way, that um, if something's really been done that's really offensive, really hurtful to someone, or some type of sin that needs to be dealt with, it can be brought before the, the church. I think it should rarely ever get to that point. It really should rarely ever get to that point if things are handled correctly. But um, I've seen this a time or two in my life, and some of you probably have too. Um, that leads me to number seven. If after all this, the offending person has been found to be guilty of this offense, and they refuse to show any remorse or any uh, repentance, then there is biblical direction from Jesus here, Matthew 18, 17, to no longer see that person as a fellow church member, but to see them, as it says here, as a heathen or a publican. Now, I don't think this means you should, you know, cast them out to never talk to them again. I think it means that you can see them as a, as a non-Christian who needs to be saved, who needs Jesus, who needs repentance. And I think the whole point of that is to bring about restoration. And so um, through much prayer, through wise counsel, through gentleness and love, um, you hope that anyone who is erred in this way can be brought back to the fellowship. But again, I think that just shows you how serious this is, how serious of matter it is to handle things in the right way. And also, some of us are talking about something else related to this before service, but man, there are a lot of people in churches who aren't really Christians, and it comes out in things like this. Like, if we're not willing to forgive and to love each other, then what business do we have calling ourselves Christians? Number eight. This is the final point. As best as you can, by the help of God, if you've been offended or hurt, as best you can by the help of God, forgive that person and move on. As Christians, we must graciously forgive those who have asked us for forgiveness. Are you, if you're in Ephesians 4, you know this verse, but find verse 32 again. Ephesians 4, 32. If we all followed this verse, we'd be a lot better off. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I mean, God did not have to forgive us of our sin, but he just chose to do that out of, out of grace. But we should graciously forgive those who ask forgiveness from us as well. I would also add this, that as a Christian, if I do hurt someone else, I should be ready and willing and able to say I'm sorry. Hey, I messed up. I apologize. That's, that's a big step. And, and as Christians, the mature Christians, we want to make sure we do that. Like uh, I saw a quote from Spurgeon on this topic. Spurgeon said, people who are happy, especially those who are very happy in the Lord, are not apt either to give offense or to take offense. Christians who are happy in the Lord are not apt to either give offense or take offense. Life, I think, is too short. It's too difficult for us to hold grudges, especially amongst the church. Um, we already have enough issues, don't we? Sin, our own personal stuff, health, relationship deals, whatever, work, whatever we have. We all have enough problems 
to spend time being offended in the church setting. And, uh, and I thank God that's, in my, in my experience in our church, that has not been that, that big of a deal uh, in the last couple of years. But, um, but it can be. And when that does happen, we need to make sure we handle it correctly. Um, spiritual maturity. I know the people in this room uh, have spiritual maturity. But let me give you uh, just a couple of quick notes on spiritual maturity related to this. Um, as best it depends on you, always say and do the next right thing. As best it depends on me, always say and do the next right thing in a situation. We're apt to make situations worse, but if we just keep trying to say and do the right next thing, the thing that pleases God, then we'll be showing, all, we'll be showing our spiritual maturity. And then another point about that is, let God be glorified and pleased by how you handle situations. Whether you're the one that was hurt or that did the hurting, let God be pleased, not in the immediate action, but in the reaction to it and how you respond to it and how you give forgiveness or ask for forgiveness. And so I, I want to share this with you all. And again, this may not apply to tonight, but down the road, someone, one of us may accidentally offend each other or hurt each other in some way. And I want to make sure we... we we handle it correctly. So let me give you a quick rundown of these points. Number one, pray for wisdom. If you've been hurt or sinned against, pray for wisdom. Number two, decide if you've truly been offended. Number three, decide if you can handle it with Christian long-suffering and forbearance. Number four, resist the urge to gossip about the person. Number five, handle the matter quickly so that you do not harbor feelings of anger and bitterness towards the person. Number six, if you've truly been offended, and have reason to be offended, or you've been sinned against, then follow the pattern of Matthew 18, 15 through 17, which is to go tell the person if they've hurt you, or take a few people with you the next time, or even bring it before the church the next time. Number seven, um, that the person, after all attempts at restoration are made, the person might be seen as not even being a Christian any longer, or, or not a member of that church. And then number eight, um, as best you can, by the help of God, forgive the person and move on. And I think these are all principles that will help us to be, again, mature believers in Christ that please God and honor God and that correctly handle conflict. Nobody, I don't say nobody, most people don't like conflict. I hate conflict. But um, when it does happen, we need to make sure we're ready to handle it. Look in Ephesians 4, verse 1. This whole chapter is so good on this topic. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. We're to walk worthy of the calling of Christ. Verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing in one another, in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And I just want to encourage us tonight to, as best it, best we can with each other, continue to have a, a spirit of unity about us and of peace um, that God may, may work through us uh, more and more. Let's close in prayer.